Hey friends, Stevie Taylor here. Hope you're well. Good to see you again. Welcome to episode 40 of the Gig Life Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Cuzzy Tea Urban Apparel. Tall tees, long sleeves, polo shirts, hoodies and caps. Locally owned, affordable premium quality, fresh designs. Check out the Slick As online store at www.cuzzytea.com. Uh, that's C-U-Z-Y for Cuzzy. And a brand new shop is now opened up out at Parkley Markets every Saturday and Sunday. So go check out Cuzzy Tea, where you belong. My guest today is Joel Shabbolt, singer, guitarist, and songwriter for New Zealand powerhouse LAB. Uh, I had my friend Josh Gage sit in with me uh, on this one, as he's a massive LAB fan. If you don't know Josh, he's one of the funniest people I know. Um, go check out his Facebook. It's Josh Gage again. Um, hilarious. He's got some crack-up videos. Yeah, um, since Josh is a big fan of LAB, I thought it would be really cool that, that uh, he sort of sit in with me on this. Um, we covered heaps talking to Joel. We, we talked about his career at length. Um, we talked about LAB, the recording process of their albums, cooking, teaching, and just whatever else we came up with. Um, Joel was very generous with his time talking to us. You don't want to miss this one, so you really, if you can, share it around so everybody else can hear about this fantastic musician and really cool human and also the, the wicked band LAB. So without further ado, sit back, check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, Joel Shabbat. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Um, now, usually I do these these things myself, um, but I, considering the guest we have today, um, I thought I'd get in a co-pilot, um, and uh, I've got Josh Gage with me here today. Um, that's me. That's you. <laughs> that's yeah, me. bro. Um, now, I got you in because you've got quite a... When, uh, sorry, we're, we're speaking with uh, Joel Shabbolt from LAB, and the end of last year... Uh, LAB brought out an album called LAB Two, and uh, Josh, you had quite a quite a um, an experience with the uh, with, with the review. With so the... I'm just go- I'm just going to play that review, and um and then then we'll start talking to Joel. Hang on a sec. It's Josh Cage again, and I'm really really excited today. The new album from LAB has just come out. LAB Two. Very original name, L-A-B. I think it means lahors and bum-bums. No, it doesn't, it doesn't. It means lollies and biscuits. No, it doesn't. It means laughing at bread. No, I think it means lawton and bread. Yeah, very original, very original name. Anyway, the music is amazing. Man, the first album blew me away. But this second album, it's like, you know, it gave me the feeling of when you're hungover the next day, you need that ice cold water to just wake you up a bit, give you that refreshing feeling. 
that's what this album does for me. Man, I'm so happy. The the lead singer, Joel Chadbolt, dude's got some soul. He's got some soul in him. What I'm really excited about him is he's like the handsomer version of Ed Sheeran, like a better looking version. Not very hard to do, but he does it very well. This dude's got so much soul. And he's, he's like a white guy as well. You listen to him and think he was like a black dude from like the Southern America area. But this dude, man, is, is off the chain. And you can hear that, that the quarter boys in there, that, that they've got that just their own sort of a funk going on they got their own swag and i'm loving it loving it man a couple of things i want to do in 2019 okay one thing i want to do is there's a two kilo steak challenge down at my pub if you do that you get to eat for free i want to do that number two i want to do a summer summer somersault into a manu into the water number three what i want to do is i'm going to learn spanish so that when i go down to the taco shop i know what the guy who's speaking in spanish when he laughs at me i know what he's laughing at Number four, what I want to do is watch LAB Live 2019. That's one of my goals next year because they are so good, man. I'm so happy to have found this album. Just to, I've listened to it so many times. My family's getting sick of it now because I listen to it all the time in the car while I'm while I'm doing the dishes. Man, check out this song. This is Fashion Dread. Fashion Dread. All right, Josh, you're an idiot. That was, that was, <laughs> that was from the heart. It was deep. That was from the heart. Ladies and gentlemen, Joel Shabbat. What's up, brother? Woo! How are you, bro? Wow. That's an intern and a half, eh? Yeah. But, uh, the, um, even, my, even my nana saw that video and she was like, she was cackling. She had the old <laughs> cackle on, eh? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she's like, oh, he's a funny fella. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I won't show you his other videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crack up now, bro. You you guys have just finished up a, a massive summer, um, and yeah, like I said in the intro, you you um, released your second album towards the end of last year, and then sort yeah. of toured right through summer, didn't you? And so, um, um, and now you fellas are straight back in the studio, shooting for number three. Uh, yeah, yeah, straight back in the studio, number three on the go. Yep, and it's um. Yeah, it's, it's been. We did our first week last week. Um, managed to get. We kind of went down with a blank canvas, and, and we've managed to get like three or four new tunes, kind of on the boil, which is cool. Two kind of semi-finished ones, and um, one we're going to do. Uh, we're actually going to collaborate with the symphony orchestra on this album. So oh, very nice. excited. Wow. The prospect of that. Mm. That's cool. So yeah, cool stuff going on. <clears throat> So that the symphony orchestra thing that's just come up in the last week while you've sort of made the song. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that's cool. Yeah, very yeah. fresh news. Probably not public, but now it is. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we want to make it happen. You know, it's something that like Brad heard on this tune, and he's like, "I want to do it," and we're going to do it. So good we're stuff. Going to do it. Yeah, that's mean, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bro. Well, let's um, let's let's roll back to the early days. Um. Now, uh, you're from, from Tauranga, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so was there was there music in, in your family, your mum, dad? Um, yeah. Grandparents? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, my old man was a guitarist and a country singer. Um, he was cat-handed, so I kind of learned how to play guitar from watching him play as a kid. Um, and my mum was into... Um, wasn't a musician but she was into like lots of blues and like John Lee Hooker and Albert King, B.B. King, Steve Ray Vaughan, all that kind of stuff. So the kind of 
CD collection at home was pretty rich. Yeah. And uh, even some Pavarotti in there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Awesome. But, yeah, yeah, so lots of different influences from, um, from, from a young age, you know, like listening to lots of Doobie Brothers and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but yeah, the old man was the one that, that started me on the guitar and then kind of eventually singing in the car with him, you know, as a kid. And didn't take my singing uh, too seriously until I was in my teenage kind of stage. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, wh- sorry, when did you pick up the first guitar? Uh, three. My old man yeah. got me a ukulele dump. Oh, man. Uh, and he put some fishing line on it. And that was kind of the start of learning how to play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you got into school, when, oh, sorry, let, let me rephrase it. When was your first band? Primary school? Or, first band? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Primary school rock band. Awesome. Um, and we were like doing, um, yeah, like Derby Brothers and like uh, Leonard Skinner and stuff like that, you know, playing kind of, we played at the school disco. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun then. That was um, kind of the first ever experience of playing in a band situation. And then that kind of uh, through intermediate. In high school, I kind of did more. Like I did quite a bit of busking as a kid. And, yep. um, that's when I kind of was forced to to do more singing because no one wants to hear the guitar right. for that long. Right. So you <laughs> are you still in you still in Taronga at that stage? Or, yeah. 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 So with the with the busking, um, yeah. Was it were you having to apply for any sort of busking permits and stuff? And because I know, like here in Sydney, it's it's a it's a massive thing, man. If you want to busk, you've got to yeah all this paperwork yeah, yeah. and permits and. No, I never had to do that. I only busked in Tauranga, we and we just like I did the every Labour weekend in October. They'd have a, a busking competition, and I'd go down and have a go at that. Yeah. And um, my dad just get pissed off because I'd make more money than he made in a week <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah, but that was that's awesome fun busking. You know, you kind of come up with your set and forced to play the same songs over and over again but it's 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 really cool cool fun it was something i kind of valued you know once i grew up yeah that's cool yeah because what would have been a little bit scary too were you doing it by yourself yeah, yeah. just solo dad that old man was jumping on a, on a few tracks play some crowded house and stuff like that yeah but a youtube um but no he's mainly like now have a go you know kind of pushing me not too hard but put you know, Definitely giving me the come on, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And 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 what were you sort of thinking at this stage? Or like, I mean, you know, that young is this something I want to be doing all the time. Were you playing all the time? Were you practicing all the time? Yeah, I I, I think it was um, like I was into my my soccer a little bit, but I got to a point where my coach was getting tired of me turning up tired. To, <laughs> right, because on a Friday. I was playing in bands uh, when I was about 11, 12, playing in pubs and stuff like that. Um, and my old man would, like, drop me in town, play till, like, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, pick me up, and um, then take me to soccer the next morning. And, yeah, so I had to kind of make a decision quite early on, like, you know, what am I going to – not that I was ever going to be a football star, but, you know, it was, like, either sport or music because the music was slowly taking over, you know. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And and what's what was your early education? Were you, apart from your, your dad, um, you're learning stuff from your dad, did you have a sort of solid teacher back then? Yeah, I had a few teachers. Um, I had a classical teacher for a while um, who taught me kind of the whole finger-picking style and, um, and that. And then I kind of got into learning how to play leads when I was a about 12, kind of learning scales and stuff like that. But before that, it was all just songbook stuff, you know, like just the standard kind of four chords, kind of learning bar chords and stuff like that. So, um, and just learning how to play and sing and and then, yeah, kind of playing lead and that kind of came a little bit later. And you see kids these days, man, they're picking up lead at like <laughs> six years old, shred, no. and Metallica, you know. It's yeah, that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> I can tell you, I was not there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, they've they've sort of got access to, um, you know, YouTube and that sort of stuff now. It's a little. Yeah, when I was, little... I was DVDs. That was um, and they were like rife, man. You just you go to the sound store at Bayfair in the map that you're down here in Tasmania. Just like wall of DVDs of like every concert that ever happened. Yeah, you know, well. and that was. That was a huge part yeah. of, of of learning for me, you know, like sitting there and watching these DVDs just religiously. Yeah, for me it was it was similar, but it was the VHS tapes. Um, yeah, I used to go down and there was like there was one video shop in Masterton, and um, yeah, right. on Friday night I used to get on my scooter and cruise down there and yeah, and just go through the just go through the concert. I remember seeing. Brian Ferry, Roxy Music, and Phil Collins, and yeah. all that stuff. Man, oh, I'll never forget those those VHSs, eh, hey, man? Just uh, Eric Clapton yeah. Unplugged is, is kind of a big one. Yep, yep. Um, some of the Pink Floyd ones, like Pulse. The Pink yep. Floyd Pulse, that one. Yeah. But it, it was, DVDs was kind of my YouTube, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yep, totally. Um, now sort of on to on to high school. Um, was your your influences in music changing, or were you still s- sort of um, uh, you know, sort of, well, yeah, yeah? What yeah? What how was, how was your influences changing? I think in high school it, it definitely got you know more exposed to like um, bands like you know Iron Maiden and. Um, yeah, started to kind of expand. I, I still came from quite a heavy blues background because of pretty much what was in the CD collection at home. It was just kind of second nature to to be listening to that kind of music and and playing that kind of regurgitating it. So as soon as I started playing, learning how to play lead, it was my references are always blues references. But All right, gotcha. Kind of. 13, 14, I was kind of getting into more kind of heavier rock stuff and never got deep into metal, but like probably the deepest I got was probably Pantera. I got right into yeah. Dimebag there for, um, and purely because of his, his approach is very bluesy and quite, yeah, you can feel, you know, where, where he's coming from when he plays. Um, my mate Tarquin, who lives in Melbourne now, he, he's, culprit for that he, he bought me the there's a again DVD it was like a dime bag uh, it was a Pantera documentary and <laughs> it was just 
pretty much videos of them on the piston doing crazy yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think but I've seen that one. That, that was the Cowboys from Hill. It starts with the Cowboys yeah. from Hill. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. I might still have it, actually, on VHS. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, rolling yeah. around with bottles of Jim Beam and, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so, yeah, I got into that. And then um, when I was in the uh, – when I, I left high school at year 11, so I was 15 when I left school. Because I had the opportunity to go to Polytech and do a music course, um, which was I was technically not legally allowed to leave school then, but my principal kind of had a meeting with my parents and stuff like that, and they said, "Well, if he's not going to do anything but music, it makes sense, you know." So yeah, when I did that Polytech course, and that's where I kind of um, got into a bit more jazz and stuff, and I applied to go to a, a music school in the States um, for a summer program. Yeah, I, I read about that, and you, you guys did some fundraising and, and yeah. to get you over there. Yeah, that's, and that was, that's awesome. That was a huge turning point, man. That was like, because I started to get into jazz and listening to jazz, and and, and that was where I kind of like, yeah, it, it was a, trying to understand music on a theoretical level, which I hadn't ever done, you know, until about then. Right. 16, 17 years old, and then um, when I went, when I came back from that two-week program, I was just full of like, oh my god, I can't wait to pursue a music, you know, career in music and wow. learn about the guitar on a, on that level. You know, seeing yep. guys that were working with like Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder on the regular, it was, these are the teachers that were over there. You know, yep, and that was incredible to be around such yep. caliber of music yep. musicians. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. But that was yeah, that was a pretty big turning point in in the sense of like influences and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, that's mm. cool. Um, so when you uh, yeah, when you came back, were you when you say you you had your mindset on this is what I want to be doing? How what what was the next thing you did to sort of pursue that career? So I I had the opportunity to after the polytech course. Um, I was 18 and had the opportunity to either go to university in Auckland or try and apply for a scholarship and go over to that music academy. And that was just too much money, bro. Right. So, you know, the, the fees was through the roof. And, 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 like, even if you got a scholarship, it was not fully subsidized. So just for a you know, little Kerry boy, it wasn't quite the one. So, um, was that, was that dis- disheartening or? No, nah, it was it, it was the right decision to do what I did, which was go to Auckland and I studied music up there, majored in guitar and learnt, learnt off some awesome teachers up there, which was a, was a lot cheaper. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think I still came out with what I wanted to get, you know, wanted to learn. I mean, it was not to become a jazz musician. That was never the intent. It was to kind of learn theory and understand harmony and, and yeah just understand the guitar on, on on a level that wasn't just pentatonic scales and bar chords you know gotcha yep mm. yep and uh what bands were you playing at at, the, at that stage um so when I, um when i was like 15 i was doing like covers when i was in in high school uh playing in just pub bands around here and then I had I started my own three piece band when I was fifteen and we 
we were together till I was about 22, 23, on and off doing pubs and, and um, weddings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that was just playing you know, top 40 stuff and heaps of classic rock and blues and stuff that sometimes we wanted to play more than the crowd wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the way, man, with covers. Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to balance it out so you can still have, have a soul. <clears throat> no, it's not that bad, but you know, if you're working that much in the cover scene, it, it can be pretty disheartening. But um, yeah, we were doing like when we were peaking, we were doing three or four gigs a week. So I was when I was studying in Auckland, I was travelling back to Tauranga and going down to Taupo, Rotorua on the weekends and just playing playing covers. Right. Which I, I'm like when I look back at, it, I'm real thankful for because I don't think like just doing one style of music is a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. It was cool to study jazz and cool to learn that stuff, but I mean, I was never a jazz musician to start with and I've taken what I've kind of wanted out of that stuff, you know? Like the, so it was, it was a good balance, you know, go and play Iron Maiden in the weekends and then play Miles Davis on the Monday. Yeah, man. That's a, yeah, yeah. Good buzz. Yeah. I had a question then, but I forgot. Josh, you got... I'm happy just listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy just listening. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Very quiet. Sorry. What's that? <laughs> I said you're very quiet. Josh. Yeah, Josh is quiet. Oh, I'm happy just just listening. I'm I'm in the moment, so I'm <laughs> I'm cool. Um, yeah. So the, when you're coming back from Auckland, to, um, back down to the to this cover band, were you lead singing at the time as well as playing? Yeah. 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 So you've you've yeah. sung all the way through, haven't you? Yeah. That was that was the first time though. Like to really take the ball by the horns when I was fifteen. It was the first time I'd ever led a band. Uh, it, yeah, in the in the sense of doing covers, and I'd never sung lead. I'd I'd sung, but I'd never yeah taken it into my own hands kind of thing. So from pretty much fifteen upwards, it was learning all the, yeah learning how to sing and right and and is, playing. is the singing is the singing self taught or you've had singing teachers? Yeah. Wow, man. Uh, well, I, I've never had a, a singing. I've had a few singing lessons, but I've never had a singing teacher. No. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Wow. Gotcha. I, I, I wanted. It's something I want to do. Um, it's something like I want to invest in more is, is, is singing because it's such an interesting. Uh, like being a being a singer is something I never imagined would manifest into what it manifested into gotcha. you know, with LAB and stuff. Yeah. I sung for the necessity of playing the guitar and like, you know, busking as a kid is like, well, no one wants to listen to the guitar the whole time so they'll learn how to sing. Yeah. Kind of like a offshoot of that but um, the tables have definitely turned in that so it's been quite a learning curve to understand or tra- change how I think of myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've got, yeah. you've got such a distinguishable voice you know, very, you know, to my ears, very original. Um, no, straight away, as soon as I hear you, hear you, you know, hear you start singing that it's you, you know. Um, so, yeah, man, that's it's exciting to hear what, you, what you're going to do with that, you know. It's really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, sweet as. Um, now, uh, Muga Fuga, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yep, tell us a little bit about that band. Yeah, so that was a band that, so I, this is, now it's a good timeline. We're on the right timeline. So I just finished uni. <clears throat> I was 21. 
came back to Tauranga for that summer, the summer of 2012, and going into 2013 or 2011, shit, I can't remember, somewhere around there, yeah. and um, met up with the Rory, the bass player who I've known for years, um, and Nick, who I'd kind of met a few times, and we just started jamming, and they got their visas to go to the UK the following summer, so it was the summer of, you know, it was 2011, so they went to the UK in uh, 2012, and we were like, hey, look, me and my mate Kush, the sax player, we're studying together in Auckland. Oh, hang on, I've got to rewind a bit. Man, this is a big story. You're Are you ready? <laughs> You're right, bro. <laughs> All good. Oh, man. It's, so, only, it's only so, 7.30 here, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got to teach some kids how to play guitar tomorrow. Yeah, all good. So that when I was doing all the covers and stuff, playing in Tauranga and that, I met uh, a close friend who, who I now regard as a close friend. He was working in the spa and he's like, we were playing his covers and we became friends and there's some uh, Cornwall in the, in, the U- in the UK and he ended up moving back um, to the UK, but we became good friends and hung out heaps in New Zealand. And he was like, "Man, when I move home, I'm going to open my own bar, and you're going to come play in it." And I was like, "Yeah, man. You know, this is like hypothetically speaking, most of the time a little bit drunk. You know, those kind of yarns." And anyway, it all ended up happening. He moved back to the UK, bought a bar, we finished uni, and he said, "Hey, come to the UK." And I said, "Oh, it's just me and my mate Kush, the sax player, and we'll come and play." the background jazz and, and get our two year you know working holiday visa and he's like uh, and then my mate Rory's like oh we're going to the UK as well and says oh you might as well come to Cornwall as well so it ended up the whole band ended up moving to the UK together <laughs> living down in Cornwall in this fucking shack like above the restaurant and we'd play four nights a week down in this little um, thing it was called Zoot and yeah it was, it was awesome man like just one of those life experiences by the day, which is like hanging out with your mates, playing music, earning fuck all money, just having fun. Just having fun, yeah. Yeah, making memories. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. man, it was, it was really a cool time. So that's how Mooga Fuga started. Um, and like, then we, we came, uh, I had to come home because of family stuff, and the boys ended up staying in the UK. And, um, so they came home and we did some recording and a bit of writing and stuff like that. And it's never kind of eventuated into anything. There's a few tours, like, not tours, but like, you know, go down to Wellington, play a few shows and played Nelson Jazz Festival and Taranga Jazz Festival, I think. But we're all, yeah, still, still close mates. And, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's finished now, is it? You can't sort of... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um... And the Batakata Sound Project. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. Yep. You were part of that. Yeah, so that that was when I'd come home. So I'd only done six months of my two-year visa. <clears throat> I'd come home. My old man was crook and just hanging out with him and my mum. And uh, got that phone call, which was real exciting. And that was to replace a guy called Richie, who was in the band, um, who was living in Germany and uh, yeah, so they were pretty much replacing him. And so it was, it was a pretty short stint. It was only like six months that I was in, in that band, but 
um, amazing exposure and, and like to a style that I'd never played as well. You know, mixing funk with Brazilian music and you know three drummers in the band. Far out, it was just full on. You know, well, at, at one at one time. Three, yeah, so yeah. A drum a drummer. Some snarky puppy uh, shit there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was it was all kind of Brazilian rhythms and, and yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I can't even remember the names of the drums. I feel embarrassed. Uh, what are they called? The, yeah, proper proper Brazilian kind of stuff and learning how to play the the different samba beats and stuff. And the parts in the set we would just break out into a rhythm thing. So I'd be like on the cowbell, and there'd be no harmonic instruments apart from like a whistle and yeah, um, cool. James who yeah it was, it was cool cool buzz that then uh, why did that end uh it was kind of a natural ending like the band is, was i guess it was trying to find that person that was going to replace like like the guy that w- was essentially the main writer the guy that i came in and learned all of his songs and sung his you know, it wasn't a, essentially an originals band. Oh, it was, but like from point onwards, it was like, okay, what is Batucada? And I think it kind of was just a natural end to the band. It was like, oh, yeah, it's not, everyone's got their own thing and it's not really working. So it just kind of naturally fizzled out. And there was talk of doing a European tour and talk of doing an album, but yeah, nothing kind of happened. And mm. then I, uh, when I was on Good Morning, that's where Brad saw me, and that, right. at that stage, that was I, my next. That was my, my next question. Yeah, yeah. So that's I still had my covers band together because I'd come home and kind of rebooted that up just to make some money, and was doing the Batucada thing. Yeah, and then got a phone call from him, and it was all on after that. Yeah, I was like, okay, what what am I going to do? Yep. <laughs> so how did that conversation go down? With with you and Brad, yeah, it was, it was a text. Uh, yeah, on, well, he just text, uh, just texted you. Yeah, like, do you want to be in a band, bro? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was because <clears throat> I saw you on Good Morning Show. Um, like your voice, I've got the song that I think would suit your voice, and um, yeah, it was a what year was it? it was 2015. That was oh, 2015. So um, too far away. the I just cut open my hand on a glass jar. I hadn't played the past three months. So that was interesting too. So I was sitting there kind of like a little bit depressed. <laughs> <laughs> going, oh my God, I'm never going to play the guitar again. <laughs> did, and, you, um, uh, did you know Brad, bro, before the text? No. Nah, I mean, I knew who he was, of course, but I didn't know him personally, no. Oh, so in the, um, in the music scene in New Zealand, you'd never, ever cross paths? Oh, no. Nah. Wow. Okay, cool. No. Nah. He just texts you I'd out of the... Cora maybe four or five times uh, but never yeah never met any of the chorus I've met some of the Catcher Fire boys but uh, yeah never met the chorus uh, awesome band chorus so yeah it was pretty ex- I was sitting there at the Polytech teaching a group of kids how to play some chords and uh, get this message I was still on ACC and everything was crack up and I went I went outside and I was pretty much <laughs> Fist pumped the air and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I just got a message from Brad Cora, epic. Ew. And I replied to him, and then within a week, I had the song sent back to him with lyrics and and uh, that's old man. Um, 
that's on the first album. So yeah, it was actually one of my first attempts, like proper attempts at writing lyrics as well, because I've always kind of like not dabbled in songwriting on that level, but um, in the sense of writing lyrics. So that was quite a cool challenge. Right. Sorry, bro. What was the first yeah. song that you wrote? Old Man. Uh, old Man. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, it's just become yeah. my new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now, was it when when he when he texted you and he said he had that song? Was he kind of was it kind of an audition? Like, hey, bro, here's here's the song. Um, you know, write some words to it and then send it back, and then we'll see what you got. Or, well, little yeah, little do I know. I think it was. Okay. Most, but yeah, it was. Right. Because then he then he said, "Come to Pakistani and and uh, um, have a jam with me and my brother." So it was me, him, and Stu uh, in his gym, and, and we just jammed for like four or five hours. And then I went and packed my stuff in the car to go home. And he said, "Do you want to join the band?" <laughs> and that's literally how it happened. Um, wow. The the first gig was like September. We played down in Ooltoonee at a winter festival, mm-hmm. uh, like a winter gig. Well, end of winter, when it's September, so yeah, it's like a uh, random one that one, and and that was the first gig. It was with uh, KP, who does like the KP does the Sunshine Sound System stuff, and mm-hmm. they do, they kind of do quite a few gigs with Chorus. So he was in amongst it. Um, Tate, which is uh, Brad Stu's old man. Mm-hmm. So this was real early days, like we had. The only originals that were LABs were maybe two songs in the set. The others were kind of like electronic dance tracks and chucking, like we even played a chorus track um, quite early on in the piece. Which, which one? Politician. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> of course. Was, we played Politician and, and I was like, I can't believe I'm playing Politician. Was yeah. Like, Cora, but not Cora. It's like yeah. It's like the transition between you're nearly an original band, but you're not quite. <laughs> and <laughs> this fella, this fella came up to me at the Capiti gig, and he gig and he's like, "Bro, you sound just like that album." And I was like, "Thanks, <laughs> my bro." <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> oh, man, it was funny. Yeah. All right. So the 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 wheels are starting to roll there with the with the LAB. So, um, mm. did the boys have a plan at that stage? Yeah, I guess like that summer, the summer of 2015, 2016 was like a real rip shit and bust kind of, okay, it's, it's a thing now. We've found like, you know, Brad, it's got me in there and then we got the, uh, we had a bass player that summer that was Richie to start with. That was Stu on bass to start with yeah. and then it was Richie uh, for a few shows. And then we got this guy Shannon to come in, um, and yeah, we we were playing Soundslash, which is in Raglan, in front of. We played just the Forsaky Fingers, and they're huge now, but they were huge back then as well. Um, and everyone was just looking at us like, "Who are these guys?" Mm. And that was that. We just threw and we got thrown straight into the deep end. Well, we essentially threw ourselves. Into the deep end, um, and and then we started writing heaps, and that was kind of 2016, 2017. Yeah, you know, me and I was going to Fakatani like twice a week in those early days. Not even that long ago, really, but 
feels like ages ago now, but yeah, doing you know, go for a whole go for a whole day to Fakatani, go and do a sesh with Brad in the morning at the gym. Not jujitsu because I can't do that. <laughs> uh, and then we'll get a coffee and then go to his house and we'll just jam and write and hang yeah. out. And yeah, that's weird. Like collaborating, because it's like I said, I'm not like I wasn't writing songs back then as much as. I am now and, and, and have kind of learnt so we were just you know he was bouncing ideas to me and I'd try out some ideas with him and that's how some of those songs were born and yeah it was just an awesome time there yeah just on that bro so when you're making a song um, LAB the the music the musicians in LAB Ara, Stu and um, and Brad is there any any conflict when you bring new ideas to the table or the boys are just give it a shot and then we'll see how it goes yeah I mean like uh, the the thing that is with with LAB is like Brad is the producer and and he's the creative essentially the creative director as well. So when it comes to an idea, um, it's not that it doesn't get used, but yeah, you put the idea on, onto the table, and if it's a good enough idea, it'll get used. It's, it's kind of like that, and it's really I mean it's really hard as a musician to not have that ego and not be like, well, no, this is my song and I want it this way. So we, yeah. we kind of made it at the start that, you know, it's all equal. We're all in this together. Don't be offended if I say that's a shit verse or, you know, and you just kind of had to get used to that way of, of writing, not being too yeah. precious. We just never learnt that, did we, bro? Because uh, oh, Josh oh. and I play in the band together. Oh, me? Yeah. Um, well, we haven't done anything for a while, eh? No, but, um, I, I left the band. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I went solo. They never went far. I actually asked uh, LAB if they needed a singer, and then they found Joel. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I never yeah. got a because you got you back. got sent a song, eh, to write some words to, and yeah, and um, yeah, I and think I, Joel got his back yeah, first. Yeah, I never. Yeah, that's that's what happened. That's what I like to think no, happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we we used to. Yeah, we used to struggle with that, eh? Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of bands do, and I think if yeah. if you're if you've overcome that, I think that that's a that's a really big thing, man. Oh wow, yeah. that, that's exciting because that means for me you're going to be along around for a long time. Yeah, that excites me a little. And bit. I suppose thinking about it too, I guess um, there's the hindsight of Cora and Catcher Fire, isn't there? All the, the things that may have possibly yeah. have gone wrong in in those particular bands. Mm. You know, yeah. you guys are kind of bringing it together and go. Well, we we tried that in this, you know, in this setting, and it didn't work. Let's yeah. let's try it this way. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah. And I'm just I'm just sitting back and and learning, man. It's, it's like a I'm not coming in uh, as a person like the court, like Brad and Stu and and other who have well wealth of experience and and knowledge and and you know have toured the world with their music, which is something I'm not yet done you know as, right. as a musician so I'm, I'm it's just a massive wave for me just learning you know how how it all works mm. you know the, the dynamic of a band on this level and it's um yeah it's and it, you're totally right they're looking at it as a second one going well we're not going to do this this time and, and mm. you know when we're going to learn from from that mistake and or not that works so let's try it you know so of course there's no reason for me to to be like, oh no, well, when I played at the pub in town, <laughs> we did like this, you know, like 
because no, that's not how it works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's awesome. So, um, do you have a um, do you have a favorite LAB song? I've had I've had people been asking me to ask you questions. Do you yourself? Obviously, uh, musicians will you'll listen to a song a million times and it kind of gets repetitive after a while. But do you have a a personal favorite? Yeah, uh, man, probably the, the Watchman would be up there. Right. The Watchman, um, oh, she's gone. There's something special about she's gone because of how it was like how it happened in the studio as well. It was one of those tunes that it was a magic moment in the studio. You know, it just happened and it and it came out one of those creative moments that you've captured. Well, ex- explain, so that, ex- explain that a little bit then. So what, what were you doing at the time when it just sort of happened? Yeah. Well, it, when we used to play it live before we recorded it, it was just this, Brad would, and Stu would just play like a G minor on the, on the synth, and just, you know, big loud kind of, kind of thing. And then I'd just doodle a bunch of stuff on the guitar over the top kind of came up with a bit of a form and that was what we did live for ages but we never recorded it it was an old song that brad had written like a long time ago that he changed the feel of it was it was a whole different feel and then it became what it became on the album which is that kind of heavy reggae dub feel but yeah it kind of morphed and morphed itself live and then when we went to the studio to record it we came up with it but more of a chord progression and um, Brad and Stu laid down the synth and then uh, while they were doing that I was kind of jamming along to it and then once they were recorded I went and did the guitar solo over the top so I did three takes and I think we picked like the second one there was, it was one of those kind of in the moment things yeah oh. it's kind of like you guys attached. it's like you guys are doing it like they used to do it in the old days mm. eh like you're getting into spit, and it sounds like you're doing it this time around too. You 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 you're um you're going down to the studio. You don't have much of an idea of what you're going to do, and you get there and you, you just, just get start cooking. Though. Yeah, you just yeah. get creative. Yeah, yeah. And I think that um people so many like so many people have just lost that. I think it's all about this is my part. Send it. Yep. Send them that part. Mix it all together, and it's just not. I don't know what's the word. I'm we like we did a lot of pre-production on the you know the first album and yep. pretty much half the second album was a lot of a lot of the work was done either here in Tauranga or at the gym where you'd lots of pre-production and then because the balls were kind of rolling so fast we we don't even have time to to get together and write songs so yeah, we right. go to the studio and that's where it happens and but a lot of that happened we kind of had to show ourselves that we could do that before we made that risk of like just jumping in a room together mm. um, and so I think we've kind of got the confidence now that yep we can go down there with, with a little idea and turn it into something big because mm. um, we've done it with songs like um, I Don't Want to Know and Umalash and, uh, and oh, stuff sorry. that we've done this Bro, what does Umalash mean? Oh, it means nothing Right, it's a nothing, <laughs> just, it's yeah. just a word it's, 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 the, it's the character of the song Right we decided that, well, it sounds so kind of good. Like, you know, when we're singing it, well, we can't think of a word to go there. Yeah. 
and the whole song's kind of about um, when we were writing it about Steve Jobs was the kind of concept of like you know money isn't is it I don't even know if it was true or not. I don't know if you ever saw that photo of Steve Jobs and it was like, you know, money's not what you need. Yeah, just, just before he died, getting help yeah, out of the car. Yeah, I don't know if it. that was... Yeah. Yeah, so we kind of took that concept on and, you know, writing about someone that lives for that and realises that that's not what it is. So Boomalash yeah. is just the character of the song. Right, right. My my eight-year-old daughter's a, a huge fan Um just like I am, and I told her it's the Maori word for awesome. Uh, yeah. So we yeah. just went with that. She yeah. doesn't. She doesn't know any different. So. Sure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's wicked. Umalash, bro. Umalash. Awesome. Now, yeah, my favourite song is is Fashion Dread. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Hang on, I've got I've got it dialed up. Hang on, hang on a sec. Oh. I got my flash gears. Watch this. <laughs> when I heard that, when I heard just that part there, I just went, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, it yeah, no. those, seriously, it was one of those moments. Um, fuck, you know? Yeah. What the fuck is this? And I turned it up and just yeah, thrashed it probably fifty times that day. But yeah, yeah it was work. wicked. Well oh, done. Bro, well yeah. done. So good. My, my yeah. son was like, "It sounds like Peter Frampton." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. how, how do you even know that?" Yeah, yeah. Because of me, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I was the same. I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Oh my god, I, was, I got tingle. I got tingles now. Yeah. Out, out. So how did how did that one come about? Because that that sounds like it, it was it's been it had been cooking for a while. Yeah. Yeah. We've been playing. That was one of the LAB's first, like as the band LAB kind of formed. That was one of the first tracks that Brad wrote, and it was like a. Um, he had the fashion dread idea. He'd, he'd recorded it ages ago, like before right. I was, a, like, it was like when him and Lawson were jamming. Right. Um, yeah, that's cool. And I, I think it was kind of written, it was, he wrote it at his place and then took that chorus idea and we ended up, we used to jam it to a track for a while and then we ended up, when we were touring in Australia, with Catch a Fire, we kind of came up with more of an alive arrangement. I wrote some lyrics for the verses, and it kind of became, it just morphed over time. It wasn't, it was meant to be on the first album. It was actually what Love Will Save Me became. If you listen to Love Will Save Me, the, the groove on Love Will Save Me, right. and the, the groove of Fashion Dread, it's the same pocket. Right. Um, we, we, we had the intention of recording Fashion, and then, Ended up writing "Love Will Save Me," so we kind of, yeah, yeah, if that makes sense. So we awesome. were like, "Oh, it's definitely got to go on the second album," yeah, because um, we play, we've been playing it live. It's the song we've been playing live for, for ages, right? And, and who sings the main line in the chorus? That's Brad. Oh, it's Brad. That. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been trying to work that out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome, yeah. man. So yeah, that's killer. Now, um, yeah, he can sing James Brown is out of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um. Before we talk a little bit more about LAB, your guitar, the green, the green guitar, the turquoise guitar, whatever color it is, um, yeah, that's kind of that's starting to come fairly iconic, I think, with 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 you, almost part of your signature, I guess. Now, how, well, that, right. that's what I see anyway. That's so when I see that guitar, I go, just like your voice, you know. Um, I mean, that's if I see another one of those, I'll go, oh, Joel's got one of them. 
Joel Shabbat's got one of those. Yeah. So how did that guitar? Where did you get that guitar from? Uh, so I've had that since I was twelve. My old man, um, pretty, yeah, bought that for me when I was, I was the first ever electric guitar I had was bought in Song of the Tars at the Mum's Corners. You know where the Mum's Corners area is, Song of the No, I don't know. And you kind of drive in, and there's this, this little second-hand store. So I kind of grew out of that guitar, and then that green one was the first set of real electric guitar I'd had and I've kind of played it ever since yeah had redone on it and pick up changed like fucking hot dinners but you know it's yeah. just one of those ones that we'll you always, always go back to we'll always be there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's cool did, did you want to say something no I was, oh. just, I was still blown away by the um <laughs> Fresh and dread. Yeah, oh yeah it's good, <laughs> isn't it? Still there. Yeah. So who are your who are your vocal influences? We know you you have guitar oh, influences yeah, the, or something. You'll crack up with this, bro. That yeah. When we put up that video of, of um of Fashion Dread when we did those Iron Dead videos, I don't know if you saw those. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the live ones and yep. stuff. The bass player for Peter Franson commented on that. Oh did he? <laughs> oh what did he say, bro? Oh, that's pretty mean <laughs> that he, was he, like, he goes Right, you said something like, "Man, that sounds fat," and that was it. Oh, I was going to tell Peter, and you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> "For bro, using my Vakoda." <laughs> I said, "You tell Peter, tell him he's a fucking man." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, are yeah. LAB. My name's oh, Joel, and you well. tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge. Joel to Peter. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, that's awesome. That's really cool. Ah uh, yes, yeah, so sorry. Vocal influences. Um, uh, Bill Withers, Johnny Hathaway, uh, Michael McDonald. Oh man, that's uh, top shelf. Oh yeah, those are kind of who I can think of off the top. Um, Joe Cocker, um, Paul Carrick. I don't know if you know who Paul Carrick is. No, he's the guy that sings. Oh, he sings that. Um, you know, Mike and the Mechanic, that yep. song, uh, uh, that real deep, heavy song. Um, quiet. Living Years. Living Years. Living Years, exactly. yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. That, that guy. Yeah, kind of, that kind of stuff, like, definitely Joe Cocker. I, I love, like, the early Joe Cocker stuff. I mean, I sound nothing like him, but just the kind of how he approached singing. Um, and love the sound of those 70s records, you know. Oh, so in, in saying that, are you guys, you guys, are obviously recording the digital, aren't you? It's not to tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, some things on tape, so yep. we record. Like, sometimes we record the drums to tape, or oh, cool. Put like the makes them a bit better. Like yep. Yeah, so we definitely use some of that stuff in the studio. Um, but yeah, it's all recorded on Pro Tools. Yep. Mm. Um, now the the Marley show and the reggae all stars, you you you're quite involved in that these days too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of fun. How do you find time for all that? Because <laughs> you got all the LAB stuff going on, and um, it's it's kind of one of those gigs that just it's just like a party. Like you you, you get to get play Bob Marley's music. I mean, it's 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 kind of the last really that we you know that it can happen. It's just an amazing time jamming with incredible musos playing some of the best reggae that's ever been written. You know, it's like 
such powerful music and certainly opened my eyes to, to the depth of reggae, you know, like I grew up listening to not as much reggae as I listened to, like probably when I was listening to Iron Maiden and all that. And the, when the Cora album came out, uh, that the actual Cora album, I was just started at uni and, you know, that had a huge impact on, on everybody, I think. But, um, you know, if you weren't a muser and you didn't know who Cora were you in New Zealand, you were probably hiding under a rock. But um, the yeah, the sound of the whole reggae thing kind of I didn't realise uh, how influenced I was until I started playing in that Bob Marley thing and started to kind of dig deep into how that music works. You know, the the depth of like the orchestration of of, of Bob Marley's music. It's incredible, man. It's like you know, you're listening to like three guitars, two clavs, a drummer, two percussion players, three BVs, three horns, and none of it's getting in the way of each yeah, other. Yeah, it's all plat, like, say. Bro, I ne- never like understood how epic it was. It was just one of those, like, holy shit, man, there's so much depth to this music. It's like fucking crazy. Yeah. So do you feel that you need to um, um, give it that, give it that respect then or do you kind of uh oh is that probably lack of a better term um are, are you trying to play it the same as as they played it basically yeah definitely. yeah okay gotcha all right gotcha definitely definitely like what they put like we do like uh, when we did turn your lights down like that was probably one of the only songs that wasn't and that was one that i was singing but it was like probably one of the only ones that was not to the original kind of thing but like I was I went over to Greenville, um, uh, who lives in Hamilton. I went over to his house, and we sat there and kind of figured out the guitar parts. And I just saw all the other songs and going like, "Man, there's actually there's a guitar doing the skank, there's a guitar following the bass, and there's a guitar doing lead, all in you know there's three guitars. It's, it's just like crazy, like how much. And then you've got the clav and the organ and the horns. Yeah, it's just like he, he was. Whoever produced it, whether it was Bob Marley, or, and I'm not entirely sure, but there's some epic, um, epic arrangement going on there, you know, serious debt that I was totally uneducated on at the time. I'm very much educated on now. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's cool. That's mm-hmm. mean. Because, you know, reggae gets a flack, man. You know, reggae gets, reggae gets kind of, oh, barbecue reggae, and there's reggae this, and it's, you know, Man, if you listen to that shit, you go, okay, then yep. try to play that. You know, like it's a new appreciation to the, to the, to the haters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you haters out there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's there's just so much depth to it. Eh? It's like listening to Stevie Wonder's music. It's like listening to to anything of that caliber. It's, it's and not that I didn't respect it. I just didn't know. You know, didn't realize. Definitely always respected his music, but just didn't understand the depth of it. Right. Deep, bro. Shit, it's sorry. Deep. No, no, it's all good. It's, it's real it's, deep. Um, what do you do away from music? Do you have time to do anything away from music? Yeah, I try and uh, function just as a normal human. Mm-hmm. Um, go to the gym, eat, sleep, and a uh, bit of teaching. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I teach probably 10 to 15 different students. Like it depends on 
what LAB's up to and, and, and kind of works all around. You know, that's the main priority. Mm. Has been for a long time. But, um, yeah, I definitely still teach and I love that kind of whole part of, of, of my life that I don't think I'll ever give up. Yeah. Regardless of what happens, you know, just always learning, always not just being a teacher, but also being a student. But um, when I teach, I, I kind of get that, ah, oh, that's right. That's what it feels like to learn something new and it mm. keeps me hungry, you know. Mm. Kinda, yeah, yeah. So like um, we just talked about being hungry, um, eating food, probably the best things I'm good at. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you like to cook, mate? I do like to cook. Do you have a favourite dish that you like to prepare? Uh, probably Mexican and the old nachos. Ah, si, si. Si, senor. That's why you want to learn Spanish, yeah. eh? Yeah. <laughs> you talk to the fellow that, <laughs> the tacos. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I got the old El Paso, you know, we used to, when I was a kid, used to have like burrito night, you know, it was always the packet and shit. Yeah. And I was like, one day I, I, I kind of went, right, I'm, but when you're on that health buzz there, you know, once a year, and you're like, oh, I'm going to lose heaps of weight. So you're like, go and get all the ingredients yourself, and you're like, oh, I'll get my own, you know, I'll read the back of the packet and see if I can recreate this magic that comes out of it, yeah. <laughs> and eventually I got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually I got it. Nice. So I've created, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but yeah. I got that shit down. <laughs> hey, 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 sorry. Hey, <laughs> you you can come over for Mexican anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, sweet. So when you, so you know, being a being a bit of a an avid cook, then so when you follow us in the studio, are you are you the cook or does everybody cook? Yeah, yeah. I'm probably the cook more than I am anything. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, yeah. I, I just we we pretty much eat twelve o'clock and six o'clock. Because the boys are into the old fasting or bread as anyway, so yeah. me and Stu might sneak in a few pieces of toast before twelve. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Stewie is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then we just yeah cook up a big lunch and a big dinner. Yeah, you should get old Nan to bake something or uh, uh, make soup yeah. here and there. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Now, um, earlier today, I, I, I um, I put a bit, a bit of a post out asking if anybody had any questions for you. Yeah, I got heaps. Um, yeah, you did get heaps. Yeah, I got heaps. But oh, you do yours first. It's yeah. Um, well, I got a few, and most of them are my mates. One of them's for my brother. Um, because my posts don't yeah. don't go very far. So anyway, I try, I try these things. <laughs> so my bro, my bro Damon has asked, and and you may have been asked this before. Um, are you any relation to Tim Shadbolt? I am. You are? Related okay. to Tim and I've never met him. So he's my dad. On my dad's side, he's the, like, he's like a second cousin. Second cousin to your dad, yep. That's yeah, close. so, I've, so there's to me, I guess. Um, yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. actually that, insane, this, the second, third cousin thing, you know, Ross Taylor, New Zealand cricket player? You know, yeah. Rasta, yeah, so my grandfather, hang on, my grandfather, his cousin is Ross's grandfather. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, same sort of right. third, third, fourth in there anyway. But, you know, he's the cousin of Ross. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, Ross. 
Fuck, the cousin. <laughs> yeah, we got Johnny Johnny Cage from uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, well, his grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a cousin. Um, yeah. Um, so my bro, Rafferty Turnbull, um, he's asked, when you fellas come to Sydney, um, how his band Tamana can be your support band? Sweet. Yep. Oh, they're dope. Um, yeah, good uh, band. Message the page and, and, and put in a link with some stuff and make it happen. Yeah. Sweet, awesome band. They're an awesome band, man. Um, my brother says, Does Joel have any drumsticks? Drumsticks, yeah, random as, but he asked it, so I gotta ask it. Well, I learned how to play drums when I was at primary school and have, have played drums and bands before. Um, but I don't currently have any drumsticks on me, no. Okay. Um, I love to play the. So I got told off to playing the drums on the on the table uh, at my science end of year school report and my math in the same year. Both of them said he's good in class when he's not banging on the table. <laughs> Was that written True in the report? <laughs> written in the report. Yeah, and his, his my brother's last question was. Did Joel have a younger brother growing up who tried learning a musical instrument but was put to shame by his naturally gifted sibling? He'll never live that down, eh? Because the story there was like, like I was I was playing piano at the time. And um, do, you, do you remember Gary Brain in New Zealand? He was the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra drummer percussionist back in the he was would have been would have been the 80s i'd say anyway um gary brain went to my brother's school and did a performance and then my brother came home and said oh, i want to i want to learn drums dad so dad got a drum kit um and a mate used to dad's mate used to come over and teach greg and i, I used to sit sit in the in the back and sort of watch and then he'd go inside and so then i'd jump on and play and then you know I got I got better than him, and <laughs> so he got the shits. And same thing happened with the bass. Like he got a bass too, and then I started jamming on the bass, and the same thing happened. So he, yeah, but it's all good. Love mm. you, love you, brother. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't even. I'm, I'm an only child. I'm, I'm, I'm a sole sole trader, so okay. I just compete with myself. Okay. Well, and everyone else too is trying to get good, I guess. Yep. And there's still, yeah. Yeah, right, I'll, I'll sift through the. There's some really stupid ones. So I won't ask those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got one from Benji. Um, it's a girl. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes, I do. Yeah, sorry, Benji. Uh, so that that's a, that's just a quick <laughs> clean answer. That's done. Uh, I've got another one here from Jace, bro. If you weren't going to be a musician, what were you going to be when you were growing up? Oh, I have no idea. Probably a a, a personal assistant. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a chef, I guess now. Like, if, oh, yeah. if, I, if it all turns to shit, I'd probably be a a chef or a school teacher. Cool. Maybe. Cool. I don't know any different, man. Maybe, you'll, those, maybe like, you'll teach cooking at school. There you go. There you go. Like, I, I, could, I could write a cookbook. <laughs> that matches like music and food. Yeah, yeah, and create this new curriculum. For New Zealand yeah. schools. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. White white people are clever. Um, 
Otafoy over in Perth wanted me to ask, are you coming to Perth? I'm guessing she means the whole of LAB, not just you. So the the band. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we are. Um, it's all on the pipeline at the moment. We're just trying to. Um, all right, cool. So AB and yeah, so it's definitely highly likely. Yes. Cool. Right, cool. Oh, and you fellas can stay at our place, our places too when you're here in Sydney. So putting it oh, out. There. <laughs> cool. Uh, Carissa asked the same question. She's from Adelaide. Will you be coming to Adelaide? Yeah, yes, that's in the pipeline as well. Um, yeah, the other ones I'm not going to ask because they're just stupid questions. <laughs> I, I feel rude asking them. Actually. Yeah, 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 all good. <laughs> oh, okay, bro. I want to. You, 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 um, you put a bit of a touching post up the other day, um, and it was I think it was the day after the Christchurch. Oh yeah. Um, you yeah. fellows were playing on the. On the marae there, and you said it was the toughest gig. Two dollar way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to? Can you talk a little bit about that? Where were you when you yep. when you um found out what was sort of going on? Um, um I know uh, it definitely I'm, definitely affected us um, personally. You know, like being here in Sydney, um, mm. but, you know, not not actually being back there. Um, yeah, if you can. Yeah, yeah. It was just one of those moments, man. And, and like, I remember being a kid and. Uh, it's like you know, I, I'm still I'm still in my family house like right now, and in and, and this lounge, I remember moments in time where like shit's gone down. You know, when the twin towers happened, I was super young, but I remember that day. You know, yep. I remember for some reason I remember remember the day that Lady Di also passed away because of who was in the house, and um, and and that day, man, like I'd never felt never seen like like I was watching and I pretty much could not take my eyes off that TV for like four hours and I should have in hindsight I should have just removed myself from it but it was just like mm-hmm. yeah it was just intense eh? it was just like yep. what yep. what is going on and then yeah I just didn't even want to get out of out of bed the next day eh? and we had to go and do the show and it was like mm. yeah it was just it was just just yuck just like yuck, yeah I, I don't even know how to describe it like it's like you just feel less of a human for like what the human race just did to itself kind of thing. Yep. You know, like, yeah, no, no, no words. So just playing music. Cause that, that's the healing thing for me. And, and I hope that heals other people. So mm-hmm. that was kind of what I was getting at, I guess, in that post. And it was just hard cause you felt emotional playing. Like we were playing at no use and I was just like, you know, the lyrics in that song kind of like touch on, on what was not what was happening, but you know, there ain't no use when the world that you love's gone away, the beauty of it all in the sky, let me take your hand and, you know, get away from the shit, you know, and got to make a change. And I was singing that and I was just losing it, man. I was just so hard to, you know, it was just such a powerful, uh, things that not powerful in a good way. I know what you're saying. It was yeah. Such, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. It's just, mm. It was intense. But I, yeah, I emotionally react to a lot of things, but that was one of the things was like, fuck, I've got to say something about that. Mm. But yeah, I guess it just gave, like playing music is, is all we can do, man. And, 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 and not be a part of, of, of that hate. Yep. You know, and, and, 
I'm go- I'm gonna try and start a petition to try and get um Jacinda Ardern to become dual prime minister of New Zealand and Australia because we need we need her over here. So I'm I'm, yeah, I'm working on that. Um, yeah. Oh man, what a leader! What a leader! Yeah, man. Just we saw her unbelievable. In, uh, mate. unbelievable. We saw her in, in the uh, Cordy Lounge. Because you know how Brad's like, eh. Hey, yeah, we're in the now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just tell the whole world. And, uh, <laughs> so we walk in there, and there's the Prime Minister with her baby and, and yeah. her partner. Like, this is like pretty fresh, man. Like, maybe the. Uh, it was the weekend after. It was the homegrown weekend. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it was really fresh after the fact. And she was just being a mum and, and doing, you know. Yeah. People were coming up to her saying hi and, 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 and thank you. And, and it was just, she was just in her normal state. She wasn't in prime minister mode, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Still taking the time to just be the most epic human, eh? It's just like, That's what I was yep. going to say. Special human, I was going to say then. Mm. Um, yeah, fuck. Heavy, man. Mm. Heavy. Heavy, bro. Heavy, yeah. Mm. Um, all right, bro. So what's the... Uh, so we know that we know the um the album's cooking. Um, mm. have you got an idea of a potential release date? Same sort of plan as last year, or yeah, yep. uh, probably earlier this year because we're okay. we're starting we started earlier and we're finishing earlier. Um, okay. So we we aim to have most of the album finished by August. Uh, kind of last week in September. Like not the, the last week, but we'll be doing our last week of recording kind of early September. Um, which could, but if it's all done by then, it could be the mastering week. So yeah, I think we're aiming for October, November, November the latest, but October this year. Yep, yep. Um, trip out a couple of singles and then drop the album, kind of buzz. Yeah, cool. Now, um, um, in the the like, yeah, so the the. The Australia tour thing that that'll be, will you be touring to LAB two, and the first one, or are you waiting for the yeah oh yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah we'll be doing. I think we're looking at four shows at the moment. Yep, potentially three, hopefully four if it works out. Yep. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. One of them definitely. We'll have to be five because I've just. I've just built a new a new deck veranda out the back of my house. It's massive. Um, so yeah, and I haven't had a band there yet. I haven't set my gears up there. You guys don't have to bring gear. I've got all the gear here. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have a jam. Have a jam at my house. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. All you need. Yeah, yeah. A couple of kiss cards. Yeah, got that. And uh, a couple of chorus, bro, and, and that'll set you to four a.m. Well, I got a strap. You can see my you can see my strap oh. there. Here's my strap, and I got my jazz bass there. I've got my my drum kit stacked there. I've got is a ukulele there. Oh yeah, no, we're what? set. Yep, no, awesome. Um, you got anything yeah. you want to say, Josh? man? I've I'm just been so happy to sit here. Thank you so much for bringing me. Oh sweet, bro. Oh, oh bro, this is probably the best thing I've done all year. <laughs> One of yeah, yeah. Joel, bro, it's been a you, it's been a yeah. Sorry, go. Yeah, uh, Josh, have you had that? Steak, you said you got to eat. Bro, the, the um, no, nah, the pub down by my house, the heaps of vegans were like, oh, don't eat meat. 
And, you know, there's a bit of a protest going on. So I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of feel sorry for the cows now. So <laughs> probably just going to eat chicken. <laughs> then I started eating kinners and I got gout on the weekend. So yeah. I'm not going to eat kinners anymore. So, so did, I don't know if you saw the videos. Like he's posted he's got gout. And then the next picture was you down buying some kinners. Yeah, buying some kinners, yeah. What a dickhead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's that, bro? Did you actually have gout? Yeah, I actually had gout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually you had gout. I had, I had gout. Uh, in, in 2016, and um, I don't know why I'm laughing because it was fucking painful. That's painful. But I, <laughs> I went to the doctor, and he was, and I was like, "Hey, man, there's something. I'm pretty sure I've got gout." And he looked at me sideways, man. He's like, "How old are you?" And I was like, "26." And you think you got? And he looked at my toe, and he touched it, and then he fucking yeah went through the roof. Like, oh, yeah, no, you, yep, you've got gout. <laughs> so <laughs> went home and just uh, did the whole um like put out of the bed yeah, the, like your video because hey, you can't even have a blanket on that no shit, no sheet nothing man oh, even <laughs> the atmosphere <laughs> no. of the air can get create even your breath yeah yeah I, bl- I blame it on all the salads that i've been eating lately oh, so no more lettuce the seafood yes. salads bro. <laughs> yeah 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 right it's so funny. And the people have been like, bro, you're just hanging out with those cores too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Joel Shadbolt, bro, thanks bro. so much for um Woo! for spending your time tonight talking to us. Um, Yeah, you're a legend, man. We, we can't wait to see you fellas here in Sydney. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah, man, totally can't wait. Sydney can't wait. Um, Adelaide can't wait. Perth can't wait. <laughs> Melbourne can't wait. Gold Coast is hanging in there as well. Are you going to... So we're gonna all the places I've named. We're we're gonna go around those areas. Oh, and my neighbours can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's exciting. We yeah. The last time we toured Australia, we didn't even have an album. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was fun too. That that tour was epic. So I'm just looking forward to. Yeah, we come to watch to you at the uh, Rudy Hill RSL. You're opening for um, Catch a Fire, but we thought, oh, being a mouldy band, they'll be late, so we'll just get there late, and they're on time, and we. Got there and use it finished. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I grabbed the bear and left because I've seen Catch a Fire like a hundred times. So I was like, oh, yeah. I only came to see LAV. Not yeah. not throwing shade on Catch a Fire, but I'd already seen them a hundred times. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, really excited um, to see you, bro. I I really can't can't wait. I'm yeah, so excited. Man, make sure you don't have gout that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I do, brother, <laughs> <laughs> with the wheel of in. <laughs> yeah. Wicked. Cool. All right, Joel, bro. Thanks so much, bro. Yeah, yeah look after so yourself much. and um, yeah, all the best with um, yeah, recording of your album and and um, yeah, everything else. Can't wait, can't wait to catch you, fellas. Can't wait, bro. Yep. Me. All right, bro. Sure, bro. No, thanks for everything. Yeah, sweet ass. Catch awesome. you, Joel. Moody order, right. bro. Bless up. Yeah. Later, bro. See you guys.
Ooh. 